0: Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your Silent Seat and many other US-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's h a z m o r e.net and in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. How many frogs were you cutting for your boat? Like 20. I say, we carried it.
1: Jim's, Jim's holds. Uh, I think yours has 10 on each side. Nine. Nine?
2: Yeah. 18 holes, but then you... Sh- that's that's just to get the vertical ones in. Then, even though I'm going to use burlap over the motor and burlap over the front, you still got to throw some shit up there to make it look good. And then you still you still see the boat like yeah. from the water. You
0: can see, So you got to have something that goes over the side. Depending on how far you run, you better dip that burlap in water before you throw it over top of that motor. <laughs> good point. You're going to be back there... Figuring out how to use that, flames. figuring out if that fire extinguisher works or not.
2: Uh, I, don't, you know, I don't know if I got
0: a fire extinguisher.
2: <laughs> Is there a fire that's, extinguisher? You better
3: and have one. you take a green palm from, throw it over the top of the motor, and then throw the palm over the top, of, or throw the burlap
0: over it. You throw a wet burlap, it'll be fine. It'll cool it off enough before it gets too hot.
3: So, yeah. you want the fix on the boat? Yeah. So, you got the PVC going down the side, right? Mm-hmm. So, go get you a queen palm. Oh. <laughs> Split okay. Split the queen palm. Down the middle, just in half. Have the tassels hanging down. Yeah, uh, there you uh-huh. go. And tie strap it all zip the way down. It. Zip tie yep. it all the way down the PVC
0: to hide the side of the boat.
3: Hangs right over the side of the boat.
0: Hmm. You act like you ain't got queen palms somewhere in your neighborhood. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> I don't does. think I do. Somebody's got them. Somebody. If they if they bought a palm tree, if they had they paid a landscaping company to plant a palm tree in their yard, they got a queen palm. Yeah,
2: but. king or queen. You talking about those ones. That they just they, they the ones that rain the stupid
0: berries all over the place. Yeah, they're yeah. dumb long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stupid. I know,
2: but you you, you can't. You you actually got to saw them off, right? As opposed to getting in there with clips. No, nah.
3: yeah. well, because well, the the, tro- the, on, the I mean, you the you tree is chip, clearly yeah, pretty but tall. If you got the big nips, you can just. Yeah. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? I was that never day? a fan he, of he, big nips. Guy comes out in the
2: morning, his his palm tree, his his. Y'all that work too several hard. thousand dollar palm trees been denuded <laughs> you work too hard it's just got
3: one coming right out of the top yeah, of it. Yeah. What, what, what I Don't. I don't ever work too hard I just you just drive through the neighborhood in the morning detour when you're going to get your coffee going to work or something you go by the landscapers and you say to the landscaper Are you cutting any queen palms this week yeah I need two of them full length don't use the back half use the front half
0: give them a five dollar bill
3: and he'll have them. In, he'll be hauling them out, or you just go by the yard pile where they stockpile all the yard uh, landscaping guys, and you pick them up.
1: Huh? Yeah, you go by the the actual like. Let's run sweep. by yard stop up here. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just like he said. If, you know, if you're using whatever landscaping company, they take all that debris back to their shop.
3: Always, no, they take it to, a lot of times they're taking it to a certain landfill area where a yeah. burner shredding it or doing something of that nature. So, I mean, I got it pretty easy. The villages, they're always cutting, so you just drive through the neighborhood and pick them up.
0: Yeah, make sure you're talking to the top of yeah, the you microphone. you got a
2: barrier, like, yeah, get real friendly with that microphone.
0: Okay. Just don't spit on it.
2: Yeah, like, pump it up a little bit.
3: You can, you you can want you adjust this arm right
2: lot. into the top yeah. of this thing. There you go.
3: There you go. Is there that you.
2: better?
0: Yep. That'll work. Uh Queen, queen, what's the difference in queen, queen palm and a king palm? I know there uh, was male and things female. A, such thing as a <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I never, never heard, heard of, of a king, king palm. palm. Yeah,
3: uh, I think they're the whole trunk of it's a little different in the king than queen. I don't know.
0: I've never heard. I, I, as long as I it's one of those long stand. palms. I cannot stand queen palms.
1: I can't stand sago palms. Those things are junk. They're not Who, really. Whoever decided to put those things in <laughs>
3: yards. I got a couple in my yard. I hate them. I got one about 30 years old and yeah. just trimmed it yesterday.
1: I drive past your house all the time now, Joey.
2: Should stop. You thinking sagos or you thinking robolini's?
1: I uh, no, sagos. 100%. Sagos. Um, I got a. Building a custom house in a neighborhood over there by your house. Go past your house and then turn right, and there's a neighborhood, fancy neighborhood back over there, where everybody's got like two and a half acres or five acres or whatever. Mm-hmm. Building a custom house back there, but I honk my horn we every time looked, I go by. We
3: looked at that uh, housing development, but didn't want neighbors.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna play nice with the neighbors you got now.
3: We're having fun right now.
1: Yeah. I heard you and your neighbors got a bit of a feud.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Joey runs a klaxon siren like you'd think it was a nuclear air raid.
3: Big air horn. Yeah. It was, we did have it hooked up to the electric, but batteries were getting too hot or the clamps were getting too hot. So we switched it over to the uh, compressor. <laughs> so instead of it running on a motor you just turn the air up on the compressor and it gets louder turn it down real quick It's <laughs> exactly a what
2: <laughs> so are you still having to I thought that they came down on them and said you gotta play by the
3: rules uh, long story short uh, Governor DeSantis signed a bill in his first year in called the Agriculture, something other law that protects people who are registered agricultural farms. Oh, They're
1: a quote unquote winery.
3: Well, no me. Oh this you. is me. Okay. They don't qualify. We do because we're ag exempt. So in other words, if across the street they had farmland and they were tilling it up and all the dust was blown across and you wanted to complain to the city commissioners or the county commissioners, they can't do anything. Nothing if you want to play like what we boiled it down to is is the cops came up to the house and we said to him like uh any y'all mounted posse the guy's like nah but my buddy is i said well how do you think they trained that horse that your buddy rides you think they uh just magically knew that the sirens and the horns were not gonna affect that horse and he wasn't gonna start bucking you and all that and cop kind of looks at you like well yeah i guess you got a point there and uh, so because we fall up underneath that there's nothing they can do until 10 o'clock at night anything past 10 o'clock at night um after uh 7 a.m we can start and uh till 10
2: yeah but your neighbors were going pat they were playing loud music until they were they were
3: warned yeah yeah they were warned because they're a winery
0: hmm way well, we don't have any new reviews on Apple Podcasts this week. Um, pull pull the group page back up, Jordan. All right, because we are uh, pretty dang close to having to give away some wood duck decoys. On uh, ironically enough, uh, early season opens on Saturday. By the time you hear this, it'll have been open already. But let's see we said so, 2000 members. Well
1: 1882. I'll say my phone says 1.9 but this says 1882 so interesting. Still you're 100 and, We have 50 new members this week. 118 people away from
0: being at 2000 then we can ship you some nice tangle free wood duck decoys and a nice GPS. I can finally get it out of the studio. What am I going to do with that empty space where the box sat for so long? I don't know. Mandel will find something to put there. <laughs> oh, man. So you guys can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. You write it. We'll read it here live on the air. Um, you can write reviews on Facebook, I guess. You can leave a five-star review on Spotify, but you, you can't write anything. Yeah, I had originally
1: but, gotten on Facebook to try and see where the reviews were. I've seen, I know I've seen them before, but... Is what it is.
0: But uh, you write them. We'll try and dig them up and read them for you to hear your, what you typed. I've seen them before. Just don't know how to find them on the computer. But <clears throat> anyway, we're in here talking a little bit of duck hunting. And like I said, by the time you hear this, I guess. When does is, when is Wood Duck and Teal close? Next Friday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday?
3: That's the last one. Well, day. Wednesday on uh, uh, Wood Duck.
0: Yeah, but that's the I say. Wood duck until teal, yeah, teal yeah, runs yeah. for another week.
3: Runs the end of the
0: week. Gotcha. So it opens Saturday and runs until next Saturday, which the 16th to the 24th, right? Yep. Yeah,
2: I'm looking at deep fry some wood ducks. Deep, deep fry. fry, whole deep. Oh, yeah, yeah like a
0: turkey. Yeah, and I'll smoke
2: them whole, but plucking those things.
0: You know? Have you thought about getting in some, uh, some paraffin,
2: like some wax? If I get good enough at killing ducks, I'll just drop the money and buy one of them. Banging around things it just takes all the feathers off. I would love to have that problem.
0: Yeah, but the wax is cheap and easy. You just got to dedicate a pot to it. Mm-hmm. Still a pain in the butt. Yeah, I think it's probably easier than plugging the damn things. That's
2: why I want to do the lazy man thing. Just drop it in the laundry machine
0: and buy it a Pretty much done. You could probably make one of those uh, pluckers out of an old washing machine. Yeah,
2: I've seen it done. I've seen videos on it. DIY uh, online. Yeah. There's a couple of them.
0: A Weed eater motor and a laundry machine drum. Go to town.
2: I think that's a project that you should indulge in.
0: Or no. a weed eater motor <laughs> and a blender. Good way to make margaritas too. Something totally different. You know, I, I remember who I was talking about but, ever I was talking to about but if you can make like, all the stuff that they make run on drill batteries, there's got to be a way to make a regular uh, blender run on a drill battery. Like you don't need a weed eater engine-powered blender to make margaritas. No. Somebody's got to make an attachment. If not, please steal the idea. We'll take it and use it. on Swanee River Trip. Making margaritas on the water. We use it on dove hunts. What do you mean? <laughs> Making Bloody, uh, bloody Marys. <laughs> you don't need a blender
1: for that. You just need Jim. <laughs> Jim's a Bloody Mary extraordinaire, son. Even Briar was like, I don't like Bloody Marys. And then Jim's like, give me a minute.
0: Make Bloody Mary. I'll try oh, I could
1: drink this.
0: The thing is, is, it's not that I don't like Bloody Marys. I just don't like tomatoes.
1: They're not really tomatoey. What, what's
3: nah, the... I can't do... I'm allergic to tomatoes. Unless you cook them. You got to cook the acidity out of them. Ball that's what tomatoes. I. That's what I
0: tell. That's what I tell McDonald's so they make sure not put it on my sandwich.
3: <laughs> See now everybody knows how to get me. We want to. You want to cut that out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joey? You need a sandwich. Here how, you go. How, Got one
0: yeah. for you. <laughs> how allergic to tomatoes are you?
3: Um, I can get pretty sick to the stomach and uh, get not, some
0: sweats, and not like kill you allergic. No, though. not 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 just gonna, make you, you know, uncomfortable. Not going to
3: swell up like a. A fish allergy or a shell allergy, no, not like that. But.
0: Well, introduce everybody around the table. I'm your host, Will Cribs, and I got Jordan here with me. I'm here. Let's get it. I got Jim, <laughs> yes, sir, and we've got Mr. Joey Lyon enjoying the visit. And uh, as we're talking a little bit of duck hunting, You've got the youth hunt coming up, which has already been advertised again. Well, I mean, it's coming up at the end of season, but yeah. Well, you have a duck season is starting Saturday. Same with deer season in Zone C. Yeah. So now's the time to be telling people that it's going to happen.
2: That's a great day, though. You can go out and hunt ducks in the morning and still be in your stand for the afternoon hunt.
0: Yeah, but... uh,
1: Y'all kill some ducks for me because I'm going to (laughs) be in my stand in the morning and in the afternoon and all weekend long.
0: I'm sorry, but if I'm not hunting the afternoon, if I had to pick one hunt to hunt, it would not be the afternoon. Not in Florida, not this time of year. Mm. Too stinking hot.
1: I don't know, man. Hunter was sending me some pictures today. His target buck ain't moving till like seven o'clock every day in the afternoon.
0: Oh well, yeah, I get that. But if I'm, I'm telling you, if I'm going in blind somewhere on public land in Florida, and they're like, you can only hunt mornings or afternoons. They I'm say sit after, in the morning.
1: They say afternoons are best on public land. I don't know. But i have never been much for. Every now and then I'll go on an afternoon duck hunt. Sometimes you get some wood ducks that'll fly at the right time in the afternoon
3: i always like to let them roost yeah you know they get i actually do a lot of scouting for the evening time watching where they're going yep yep you know just seeing where they want to come in and feed at i think that's actually and not a lot of people think you got to scout in a boat you don't
1: sit tight we'll be right back with a word from our sponsors As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel, from business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammes' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman. 407-680-6050 or... 843 324 or email roman at romanvhamis.com that's r-o-m-a-n at r-o-m-a-n v-h-a-m-m-e-s dot com offices Florida and South Carolina
3: You can scout from shore pretty good. Oh, yeah. A set Especially of binos? You know, yeah, yeah. Good set of binos. You know, good set of Vortex or, you know.
0: Too many people.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you. I got a little place that I know where even throughout all summer long, I'd go back there and there's probably 20 or 30 wood ducks left out right out of it in the summer in the afternoons
0: are in there. So... May just have to one day this week. I think in the spot that those birds were sitting in, you'd have a tough time wading in there. I bet it gets pretty dang deep pretty dang quick right there.
1: I bet I could get on that back corner and make something happen. Bring a canoe with me to go get them. Yeah. I don't think you have to wade in. I think you could stand, sit down.
0: But this time of year, you know, you could just swim out to get them. It'd probably feel better. You
1: could probably dang near walk all the way to them, except for where that little hole is. <laughs>
2: But you mentioned the youth hunt earlier on we're trying to get ahead of promoting that and we're talking about the emeralda marsh youth hunt where last year we had what a hundred and
3: twenty was it a hundred and twenty
2: so a hundred and twenty kids showed up no cost to the kids and every one of them went away with a set of tangle free decoys so we're not going cheap on the decoys duck calls, lanyards a hat Ducks right. Unlimited membership, backpack, face paint, and a meal, right? So, And we don't charge the kid's nickel, so we're highly, highly reliant on the generosity and kindness of others to throw cash and stuff that we can auction off and things like that to cover the cost of running that. And PepsiCo. we'd love to make it
3: 200 but we, we are limited by budget. Yeah, we had PepsiCo launch sp- of the drinks and... You know, so it ended up, you hear a bunch of people talk about how much fun they have. You know, yep. and that's what's exciting about it. The, the kids enjoy the hunt. The parents get to listen to the duck call all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I always get a couple messages about those. And, um, you know, we had taxidermists, you know, Landon.
0: It uh, donating mounts. Oh, dude, don't
1: Landon got some jam up mounts too.
3: Yeah, he came in and last minute threw one in, and we also had guns donated. Yep. that was awesome to have the guns donated. So we had trips. So it's it's all rounded. You know, it, somebody I always say, "Well, I don't have a whole bunch to to give anything." You know, we set the link up. The kids are for free, so if you got 10 bucks, it goes a long way.
2: Yeah. $10, $10 donations gets us a couple boxes of decoys.
3: What kind of decoys did y'all give out last year? Teal, last year. Coot. We did have coot also. We had uh, teal and coot um, that were mixed in them. A lot of them were teal because we just could not get the coot. They ran out early last year. Right. So we've actually jumped on it early this year and talked to them. Um, I sent a message to Tangle Free and let them know that we were going to...
0: So you're giving out Tangle Free decoys. It's not like robot, Walmart six, brand. Six nope. They're nope. getting yeah.
3: Tangle Free, Teal, Blue Wing, or uh, Coot decoys. Those
0: are some good-looking decoys.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, coot, I, Coots never go out of style, and they disappear because everybody wants them. But it is nice to every now and again throw in another species to round out. If a kid comes four, five, six years, it's going to have a pretty decent spread just for coming to the youth hunt.
0: Right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you guys see any uh, crazy birds killed last year in the thought?
3: Kind of the same at that. You know, we get the end of the season where you'll have a Wigeon killed or a canvas back or, you know, something as the season is coming to the end. Yeah, you will. I don't know anything really out of the ordinary. Um, I think we did have a couple of Wigeon that were killed. Yeah. Um, I like think a pintail was killed. So I've seen pintail out there. Yeah, that's I. I always say they turned left. <laughs> you know, they for they they thought either they were going go to go the STA and decided not to, or or, or you know they you know usually oh, man, you find that, them in South Florida. You that know, spot it's, we it's hunted rare.
0: up. That spot we hunted up in in Georgia last year. Oh, they were killing pintails and redheads. Left and freaking right yeah. out of that spot. We didn't kill. I mean, I killed a beautiful green wing. There was a bunch of
1: spoonies in there, too. Uh, dude, people talk trash about spoonies, but I would love to kill a good stud spoonie. I mean, I, like a drake. That, I've killed a, beautiful a hen, but bird.
3: I've never killed a, a, a stud drake before. I, I never I, killed a pintail either. I mean, that's actually my goal this year, is to shoot uh, uh, a goose and a pintail.
1: First, you can try and shoot a goose in Florida? Is that your goal or just a goose period?
3: Yeah, I think I can... Pu- I'm, I'm working hard on the Florida one. <laughs> Real I, yeah, hard I, on the Florida one. I, uh, I, I just I want to kill what I can in Florida, you yeah. know? I um
1: I used to do a lot of work up in the North Florida region. And uh, do, like every afternoon when I was at work, there was like 15, 20 goose who'd come through. The, it was like northeast Florida. But.
3: I meant if we could get him on the Villages golf course. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's The Villages actually had a resident geese for probably 15, 20 years. You know, we just, there is no pattern of them because they don't leave They let don't him. ever leave. Mm-hmm. They yeah. do not leave the golf course. I'm not even know? sure if they can fly. Believe it or not, a few years back. You get I a pretty good pellet gun, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you know, Egyptian goose I was going to tell you I ran into an Egyptian goose up here and I'm thinking to myself, now I don't need a shotgun to shoot that one. <laughs> I, can, yeah, I-, I can actually use a pellet gun on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's you know, when you talk about the different species and stuff, it, you know, it, you always find prime example. I multiple Gadwalt last year were shot. Nice drakes too. Yeah. Um, and not the marsh. I mean, you know, it was kind of crazy, you know, a couple of the areas they were shot at. I just, you don't see them.
2: We I think don't. we saw one with you on Skeeter Pond. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to name the place, but we think we saw a gadwall that one day. Big old bird.
3: Yeah. You know, a lot of people, I got this call a lot last year and they said, "What?" I asked it too. I said, you know, why do you think. In early December, we already have species that we usually don't get until mid-season, late season. And I really think the water had a lot last year. If you think there was no water in the central ply zone, I mean, if you think through Mississippi and all that area, they were bone dry. I mean, you could walk across the Mississippi, basically. Slow low this year, too. Yeah, not near as bad as it was. Um, so I think that really shifted the ducks. And, you know, if you... you Redominating, see what's going to happen. I mean, they're telling us we could have a cold season this year, and oh, that's like let's we push just some say, more ducks. Yeah. You know,
0: like we just said, we had uh, somebody post to the group page, uh, Matt Oglesby. yeah, posting uh, pictures of persimmons. I said, man, I said, what are they calling for? A, uh, uh, you know, what do the seeds say? Well, what winter we gonna have? You cut. They say you cut a persimmon seed in half, in the middle of the persimmon seed either has a spoon or a fork in it. Spoons means you're going to get a lot of winter for shovel. The spoons for shoveling snow and the fork means it's going to be mild. You'll be able to harvest longer, uh, longer planting season. What do you say? I don't know. Yeah. Jordan's going back to look right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he responded nothing. <laughs> yeah.
3: But that's one of the old wives' tales. I really think that it's about that time. If you kind of look at how time over the years go, you know, I remember. Um, probably 10 years back, we were running up to St. Vincent to do a hunt up there, and I remember it was 17 degrees in Wildwood. Oh, that
1: was like when it snowed in Tallahassee that year. Yeah. And I
3: think, I think we're due for another stint like that. I mean, you know, you think about every 10, 12, 15 years.
0: 2011 was the last time I remember it snowing. Yeah. And, so, and they,
1: but they say, I mean, like, last year on Christmas, it reached, like, 17 degrees. Because I know I, I hunted Christmas morning, and I had to get my dang... I had to break ice in the back of my boat to be able to put the plug in.
3: We did have nice cold weather. I mean, there was a lot of Those
1: were just short hunts. spurts, though. I'd love to see some some good...
3: Well, I mean, that's, you know, when... Those years back, I was talking. We had multiple days of that. You know, I am talking two, three, four days where the temperature was in in the you know twenties and teens, and it felt good. You know, but we'll see. Hey, I did forget to mention his name, and I did want to say thank you to uh, um, Jay McKelvey. He was another one of the uh, taxidermists that donated at the. Besides Landon, Landon came in and donated his when uh, he drove by the hunt and. Just wanted to participate and and, uh, give back to the kids and stuff. But um, Jay's been um, real helpful the last couple of years and donated to us also. So I didn't want to forget to to mention him.
2: Last year we had a ton of donors. Maybe guy's coming out of the blue. Mike Levin from over in Tampa donated. He was our title sponsor with Levin Financial Group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't even name them all at this point. But Buck Gardner's always been a supporter and uh, oh my goodness i can't remember the lady that helped us with the face paint um real nice lady
3: i can't name them all, i'm having a brain lapse but i am definitely but, going to uh, be looking up there because i remember it was uh she actually she makes the um she did the face paint for the titanic as, as an actress as yeah. an actress she does huh. all the actress she's actually got a very uh, military a contract I, I also. Think, I
0: think when they uh, all the special forces. When, when it when it, re, when it comes to movies, uh they refer to that as makeup.
3: Is that what it was? Yeah.
0: She is. She's a Hollywood <laughs> she's a she's Hollywood a Hollywood man, makeup, makeup artist.
3: artist. Yes.
2: And, and she the did face army, paint for the kids? No, hold on. Yeah, but the army I forget exactly how she came in contact with the army, but they were having problems with their face paint. And somehow she struck up a conversation with a general in the Pentagon or something like at a social event and uh, obviously he was had something to do with requisitions. She well, that's an easy problem to fix. Let me send you some samples. And next thing you know, now she's got, I think she, she makes all, I know she does all the special forces, including Rangers and things like that, but she may make all the face paint that they're currently using in the army. Um, but her, her background and her where she makes her living is actually in Hollywood. The
1: look on William's
2: face yeah not when you were in this is very recent i was gonna say
0: we had looked like it was from vietnam yeah <laughs> it recent. was, like, uh, last couple it was like drawing your face with a grease pencil
2: yeah so but she was great we called her up told her what we did and uh she's like okay so her handle in, in the and i remember her handle in the She's known as Bloody Mary because most of what she does is Hollywood horror movies, mm. mm-hmm. well, very high, high makeup
3: intensive stuff. She was great. Um, you know Brandon Legal Group, uh, Whitetail Properties, uh, UWF, uh, Shannon Ke- uh, S. J. Kelly. Yep. Um, donates to us. Um, you know Under Pressure Outdoors, of course, y'all donate to us also. Happy. happy. Uh, John Harris. Um, you know we just. uh Who's the feller with uh, Farm
2: Bureau? Uh, Matthew Word. Matthew Word. Yes. Big supporter. I don't want to forget about him. He's Dr. Jeff Seaver,
3: orthodontist in Winter Park. Trying to make sure that we cover as many as we can. Uh, Drake's been real helpful with this. Uh, Quack Skins. Um, Alex. Um,
0: He's got a good deal going on the reversible shirt.
3: Yes.
4: Yeah. Right.
0: I like that.
3: I know he's kind of taking a break. Um, Mike Davis, air yep. tree service, you know, um, another and the fence time helper. Um, really jumped in there and helped us out. Yep. Um, Jason helped us out also.
2: Yeah, Jason Gondor, Cornerstone Construction. Mm-hmm. And we, it was, we're hoping that a lot of these guys will step up and help us, up, help us out again. But uh, for everybody, uh, let's not forget about Deidre. In her family. Dina yes. Brown. But all these people that all come together, whether it's a little or a lot, it all goes to a fantastic morning for the kids. And they walk away. Tons of smiles. And if you see the pictures of the kids, you know, holding on, whether whether they're holding on to a coot. I think they can also drop more hens at the youth hunt, too,
3: right? Mm-hmm. Actually, yes. Yeah. They are allowed to open, open season on everything for the kids, (laughs) which is good.
2: Yep. And you know, they're standing there with their birds and they got the duck call on and they're decked out in the face paint and their hat, their camo, you know, with these huge smiles. It's,
3: it's awesome. And I give it up to, uh, the village ducks, unlimited crew. I mean, we've got a great crew that help out, you know, put the hunt together. My wife, Sherry, and my daughter, Hannah, they all help out, you know, stuffing the bags, getting the backpacks ready for the kids. So, um, it's just I really enjoy it. It's its the time. I, it's its stressful. It's hard to get everything together. Um, and that's why when you have somebody just call up out of the blue and say, you know, I can't do anything, but I can stroke a check to help you out. You know, it, it goes to the kids. Sold. Sold. You (laughs) you want your name, we're gonna we're gonna put you on the banner just like everyone else, you know. Um You know,
2: it'd also be helpful because we do get inquiries. You get inquiries from people that are, hey, I don't have a boat, my kid really wants to go shoot a duck. And what's challenging is uh is finding room for some of those kids. So if you whether you have a kid, you've got a little extra room in your boat, or if your kids are all now adults Um, and you don't mind just taking somebody out for their first experience. We could always use a few more boats.
3: Yeah. Uh, Emerita Marsh youth hunt is the Facebook page. So, um, we try to put up a thread where we can communicate on it, um, and get it back up to the top. Every time somebody sends me a message or something that, you know, they, they've got a, a special needs situation. Um, you know, or whatever it might be. That's something we
0: haven't uh, mentioned yet. Jordan just jumped over to your Facebook page. It's February 10th. Oh yeah. This year. That might be important. That's fairly important.
3: Actually, I want to mention, there actually are two youth dates, November 11th and February 10th. So November 11th, um, Alex with quack skins. I want to let them know that South Florida has a youth hunt that they put together and they have a a facebook page for all for it also and and you can go to florida duck hunters on the uh facebook and and alex post on there also a link to to get to it so we try to keep as much on there you know if you you know to me even though i so the villages chapter um, i'm the chairman of and do a lot of work with them you know i support uh delta you know, I, I tell Delta, I tell Ducks Unlimited, all the chapters. Post, you know, the site's there for them. You know, we try to restrict the advertisement on there. I don't want a bunch of people just running ads for duck calls and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I see it on the other pages, and that's not what we want. But, you know, if you got some stuff on these youth hunts and you got these other things that are going on, we want to know what's going on, you know. So post it and let them know. We've yeah. got some uh,
1: – If you all want to bring – it's the tenth, and my birthday's on the eighth. So if y'all want to just go ahead and bring my birthday presents there, we can we can make that happen too.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything special you're looking for this year? Or? Diapers, little girls' clothes. Yeah, yeah. diapers, diapers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, okay, I, okay. Uh, are those for you, or are those for the new one coming? The new one coming. Okay, yeah. okay. Just making sure you didn't need them.
0: Yeah, she's due on march first so i well, I guess well, now it's all been announced the hospital, to the world yeah. you know on facebook jordan's having a little girl yeah we,
3: well, i actually got to see the pictures and the, the pink background and yeah. so congratulations i, I hadn't appreciate had a chance it. To, to tell you
1: yeah, i'm <laughs> excited for it there you go i am excited it does
3: change your life i'll tell you that much i believe it um, i always I've always told my friends when, especially when you know you're going to have a girl, just go into the safe and yeah, pick, pick Listen. the best one you like. Hey, you know, yeah. let me my, tell you something. My better
1: half is a, uh, elementary school teacher. And, uh, with some of the stuff that she's told me that her third graders come home and say and talk about and things that they've done, um, outside of school and the words that they use and the things that they know about in third grade, I'm like, she's getting homeschooled. <laughs> I, I will raise, I'll raise her in a concentration camp before I let her know about that kind of stuff in third grade.
3: When my daughter went to visit the, from going from middle school, fifth grade, getting ready to go into sixth grade, and they went to school and the kids told her what they were going to do to her when she came to school. I looked at my wife and I said, Yeah, I think we're putting ours in private.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Those kids you know, say words that I didn't even think about saying when I'm, I was I'm not,
0: I'm not saying this is necessary, but I am saying that before the Christmas before Carson was born, uh Carson got me a new shotgun for Christmas. So Sounds
1: like a plan to me. I yeah. want to <laughs> Yeah, I want a nice new twenty gauge.
3: Just just let everybody know that that's the one that's loaded for That's what it's there protecting for protecting yeah. Yeah. her.
0: That's why it has that's what it has a little eighteen inch mm-hmm. home defense barrel and the vent rib barrel. Yep.
3: Yep. No. yep. Perfect. Gotta get one to protect the the, the new the new one.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know, if I gotta shoot some doves with it in the process and
3: stuff like that. You mm-hmm. gotta practice with your firearms, yeah, exactly. right. yeah. you know. Right.
2: You, just make sure that you don't accidentally misplace your Monopoly ammo, or your shotgun <laughs> entirely, Jordan. Yeah,
1: or if, no, yeah. So, I have multiple safes at the house, and uh, I don't typically typically I keep nothing but ammo in one of them. And uh, I've been missing my muzzle loader for quite a while now. And uh, I asked my dad, "like Is it your house?" I text him, today, He's like, "No, it ain't at my house." So when he texts me this afternoon, says, "No, it's at his house." I looked in my ammo safe and my muzzle loader was in that safe. And I was like, huh?
2: Did you at least clean it? No,
0: no, it's going to need a good cleaning. Ooh. Mm. When was the last time you can remember cleaning that muzzle loader? Long time. It's going to need a new muzzle loader.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so it didn't have, I at least did empty the barrel from last season after I didn't shoot it, but before I stowed it, I emptied the barrel. So it's got the same little blemish from last year, but I think I can actually work on that a little bit and try and hone it out You didn't clean
0: some. it for last season either.
1: Yes I oh. did We cleaned it at your house.
2: Gee, I can't get all those, I can't get those little grits out of the barrel I don't know why. So I
3: can't figure out why this thing won't side
2: in. <laughs> it's a little pity I don't really know, I think Muzzle is a little more forgiving than other firearms but
3: Yeah, Yeah, I was gonna say
2: when you
1: know, yeah. on the breach might be a little pity <laughs> I'll try to, yeah, I'll try to look at the best honing process possible <laughs> see what I can do
0: Look up some oh, YouTube videos. Please. We got we to get them things sighted in again. Yeah. We got a muzzleloader hunt coming up the end of October. And uh, I don't really need to sight mine in as much. I just need to go shoot it and make sure it's still sighted in.
2: I was going like to say, like, of all the firearms you have, the one that probably
0: takes the least abuse all year long is probably the muzzleloader. I think you, uh, you underestimate how often I hunt with my muzzleloader. Uh, how often do you shoot it? Well, we shot the it. thing is, though, yeah, that right. gets banged around. But. You don't, you don't shoot it, but just simply loading a muzzleloader can be abusive to it. Yeah, because of the black know. powder so corrosive.
2: Keep good rings, though. I think with the the really good rings. Oh no, like, I don't. I don't think. You guys I, I walking around you, use a scope like a handle these days and never knock it out of first
0: out of, first shot. I go and shoot; it'll probably still be dead on the nuts. But every time before I go and shoot, before I go on a rifle hunt. I still go out and try to shoot my rifle before I go shoot at a deer because for some odd reason, if somebody else was in the gun safe and trying to get some paperwork or something and knocked it over and didn't say anything about it, just stuck it back in there. You know, I go to shoot at a deer and I'm like, why did I miss? And I go and shoot a paper and it's eight inches high because it took a nice fall out of the gun
1: safe. I told somebody last year, it was like right before duck season. I was like, have you, have you tried to shoot your pattern, your gun at all? Nope. No, I know exactly where it's hitting. <laughs> i said are you 100 sure yep had it for years nowhere where it hits i was like i mean i don't know about you but m- like like when we had that podcast with jimmy muller my gun's a tool and it goes It sometimes it falls over in the boat and stuff and that doesn't mean it can't knock your that bead is not on there i mean it's on there but it's still easy to knock it around a little bit here and there it doesn't hurt to just double-check everything before you go, to know that
0: you're going to make a good kill. Mine's just about a hair shy of a shoot-through bead because I got that fiber optic bead
3: in the front that's I, half broke. I'm, they they make beads for guns?
1: You're right. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. you're just <laughs> instinctive.
3: Extinct Just throw up and know where your gun's going to yeah. be at. I mean, I, I think more people, if you... the I When I sit at home, I have one of those... So, we have the home security system that has the, the blinking thing up in the corner. Yeah. Motion detector or whatever. So, I shoulder my gun in practice when nobody's home. That's what I do, you know? Somebody was- So, when it blinks, I throw up. And and it's the muscle memory is, is where I think you're getting your practice. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree because, you know, I, there's... I came from as a kid. My dad used to run the gun range in Leesburg at the airport. When you got in trouble,
1: gun range at the airport, yeah, yeah of all places, <laughs> right there
3: at Leesburg Airport. There was the the city qualified at the at the range there, and and when I got in trouble, I had to take an army shovel and get the lead out so he could reload the ammo. But that being said, is they always talked about you know the muscle memory, even though you weren't actually shooting, if you practiced, and so that's what I do. You know, I sit at home because, you know, some people say, you know, why don't you shoot a lot? And, you know, (laughs) have you seen what it (laughs) costs? Not everybody can do those things. And I want people to understand that you can do a lot of things that doesn't cost money when it comes to duck hunting because it is very expensive. You know, from repainting decoys to coots to, you know, putting the time into your gear where you don't have to spend a lot of money and those are ways to do that. Yeah. So that's what I've tried to do in this is is find find a little bit of an easy way. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, I had somebody tell me one time that they would, like, when they were watching Netflix, that they would have their shotgun there with them and, like, in between shows when it has, like, the... You can... It has, like, 15 seconds in between, like, seasons or whatever. He said he would take his shotgun and he would, like... Follow. He would shoulder it to the corner of the room and then follow that, like line across where the wall meets the ceiling. Shoulder it
0: and follow it. Dry fire training is a huge part of a lot of uh, competition shooters' repertoire. That's
2: well, just to get used to the break.
1: Yeah, and it's not well, a bad thing the, to dry but, fire your gun. Uh, you know, it used to be back in the day that it was terrible for your gun, but
2: you don't you don't want to do a rim fire because rim fire. You, you'll wear out your firing pin, but you can do with regular gun with a regular center fire all day long.
0: You, uh, not yes to get used to the break if you're talking precision shooting, mm-hmm. but drawing if you even with like a concealed carry handgun, drawing and presenting the firearm and then learning how to present the firearm properly, like Joey said, the muscle memory of presenting mm-hmm. it to where as soon as the gun is in front of you, you are level on the sights you'll build that muscle memory to bring the gun to the same spot every yeah. single time. And then when shit hits the fan or the birds are flying, the gun goes to exactly where it's supposed to go. And it's on target for what your eyes are tracking. Uh, so that you,
2: yeah, you want to practice to get everything to slow down. Cause man, even though I do practice and I always try to get out and shoot a few rounds of skeet beforehand, man, the first time Early in the season, the first time the birds are coming in, I have to tell myself slow down. Because you're <laughs> like, <"The laughs> birds! You
0: blah blah blah. Have you guys seen have you guys seen that cosmic skeet range in Texas on TikTok? I did. Yeah, man, that looks pretty cool. Dude, shooting big so, Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. it at night? Yeah. Yeah. And they're shooting under black light. Shooting it like neon colored clays under black light. <laughs> Wicked looking.
3: But you talk about muscle memory. What's a bow hunter do?
0: practice and pray. don't drive well, out your bow
3: well the other thing is is you set it to your cheek same spot every time right right you've got that spot and and that's what i think no matter what firearm whether it's a bow whether it's a muzzleloader whether it's a shotgun those things make a difference and you will be surprised when your gun's not sitting right i mean i think deer hunters you actually, you know, you're looking through a scope. So you've got that time to actually feel like the gun is setting in the right spot in the shoulder. You don't have that in duck hunting. You know, you're going from sitting there out of nowhere and then teal fly over into the top of it, you know, and it's an F 18 just.
2: But that, that's what I was talking about slow down because you, it, with all the practice, especially one of the things that kind of gets me is like, yeah, I'm one of these guys that's constantly hunting everything and I like to hunt. I like to hunt some things with a certain 20 gauge and other things with 12 gauge, right? And then, you know, so I'm, and then there's rifle shooting, so I'm constantly shooting different firearms as opposed to just sticking with the same gun all the time. So that'll start to mess your muscle memory a little bit. But it's still all there. It's still relatively the same, but different guns, shoulder just slightly different, right? And where the cheek, is, where the stock is in the cheek. But that's where the practice comes in is you st- still have enough time to get that gun up and all of a sudden, if you're, it's a lot of things to think about, but it just comes so fast, like, oh shit, I'm looking down on the rib. If you're looking down on the rib, you're going to shoot over. Right. So if you just, and, but if you're thinking, of, if it comes fast enough, like if your brain's working fast enough, that's when I mean, everything slows down to where you know how to make that adjustment, right? You just, You just tweak it a little bit so you're looking straight down that rib. And then all of a sudden, also be able to make all those adjustments about your lead. Like, it's taking me minutes to talk about it, but all those things can be adjusted in a quarter second like it all but you have to see that picture over and over and over and over to know that it's not right and that's and and then be able to adjust to it you can't if you're not shouldering your gun over and over and over you just can't make the adjustments fast enough that you're shooting behind everything and they're they're hell and gone
3: and I always tell especially when people are in my boat if you're shooting and missing 90% of the people are shooting behind ducks Yep. so The rule that I always tell everybody in my boat that makes it easier for people to start hitting birds is the next one that comes in throw your gun up, drop your bead on the duck and then go left or right, whichever way the duck's coming in. So you're pulling your gun and then what happens is after you do that once or twice that muscle memory comes back to what they were doing. So I went through a slump, man, for like a year and a half. I was switching guns because I couldn't get comfortable in any one of the guns. So the muscle memory was off. And one of my buddies said, when you're sitting at your house, use that little blinking light up in the corner for the motion detector. And I was like, okay. So I just kept shouldering it in the off season. And that really changed that following year. Yep. If I've said it
0: once, I know I've said it at least 100 times. Accuracy is consistency. Even if it comes down to throwing a spear, if you threw a spear the exact same way every time, you will hit the exact same spot every time. Except for the wind. Relatively. And
2: the, and the ducks don't come in the same way every time. No, if it's a, but if you if you're <laughs> no, if it's play the same... It. Yeah, right. accuracy right. is
0: consistency. Um, but dude, I, I had a problem uh, a couple years back. Got used to shooting passing ducks all season long and then uh, went and hunted a piece we had in Georgia and the birds were landing right in our face. I could not hit shit. I kept shooting over top of them. That's what I meant about slowing
2: down. Yeah. Like, his just... Because, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really criticizing myself, so it sounds like, but ducks will come in, and the, you know a lot of times, especially when they're decoying well, the, the ducks will come in, and the first one is just blot it out and blast it. But it's amazing how fast those things can pull out and recover, right? And they're usually, now you kind of got this odd angle. And I've done it, and I've certainly seen it done, to where the guys are so excited, it's like, they get the first one, they pull up and blast it, or they're so excited that they they don't, right? And then the ducks are pulling out, and they're so excited to shoot that they don't take the time to acquire that next target, right? The duck's not, it's not jet fuel, especially if they've, they've just come in and they're having to pull out. Take your time to follow that thing. Boom. Slow it down, man. You can't, that's, that's the practice. And I would even say, people say, well, skeet, well, skeet hunting's, Uh, original purpose was more dove hunting and things like that. But it kind of goes back to the consistency. The birds fly almost always the same way. And you do get used to breaking those same eight stations, but you start to pick up the leads. And the more you do that, then you end up being able to adjust the other angles that you see when you're actually shooting wild birds, you know, and I don't know, we're, we're beating the dead horse. What it really boils down to is, if you just, the first time you go out and shoulder, your gun is in the blind. You are probably not going to hit much.
0: <laughs> Another TikTok <laughs> reference. Have you guys seen the, um, it's popular in Europe. It's a, like, it, it is a form of skeet, but the guy is shooting like this little helicopter type thing out of a gun. And it takes off and it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't follow a specific pattern. It acts almost on its own version. It, Closer to a bird, right? So you, you point it up, and it zoom at the end of the gun, and then it'll go left, it'll go right, it'll go back, it'll go forward. Does whatever it wants to do. So whatever he's
2: that? throwing is got funky
0: aerodynamics, or it's like this. Yeah, pretty much. It's got its own mind, pretty much. But it floats. I mean, if they fly really well, they're made out of recyclable material. I looked at, I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to get one of those. The gun itself is like three hundred bucks, and then those things are. A dollar a piece is like, nah, I think I'll stick those and (laughs) Well,
2: Then you can shoot them with tungsten. Really show them that you're a baller.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: Seven dollars every time you take a shot between the target and the round, right? Yeah.
0: But pretty cool little idea because, I mean, it was super easy to, it'd be super easy to carry around because, I mean, the gun is like maybe twice the size of a hair dryer, so it's not super big and you can shoot doubles out of it. And it'll shoot two and they'll go, you know, left, right, whatever they want to do. Huh. Pretty neat little idea, but stupid expensive as of now.
3: Got to have something fun to shoot with though. Yeah. Got to have new ones.
0: I guess though, Keep if, if, your if you're, if you're in Europe and you have to be exponentially wealthy just to actually own a shotgun and shoot it in the first place, it really doesn't matter how much the ski cost, does it? Yeah, <laughs> when you're shooting with a British side-by-side. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah
3: they still allowed to own guns <laughs> Paid less there?
0: money for my first car <laughs> than they did for the shotgun. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. It hey, grabbed me one way you're out there.
3: What's, uh... Anybody find an ammo this year?
1: Man, you know, I'm hoping that I can just go back to Academy because I, I think it was Academy last year had some, uh, I can't remember what brand they had, but they had a complete ass load of shotgun shell steel. You could buy it by the case. It was like a, a Monarch is what it was. I just shot Monarch all year last year. I still have some left over from last year. I bought like two two or three cases.
3: I went with Apex. I got them about two cases. They had them on sale.
1: Jimmy was saying that uh, Boss is the way to go.
3: I'm just not. Again, I'm not spending that much money. I meant you yeah. think about it. I, I don't and, and don't get me wrong. Some people are like, well, you know, I shoot one shell, you shoot three shells. That's your opinion. I, I don't. I, I I'm like not. Boston. I don't like shooting three shells either. But I'm not saying I do either. What I'm saying is, I can't justify shelling out that kind of money on shells. Yeah. I, I, I really. I meant some people can. You know, some people justify buying Sitka. Some people justify buying <laughs> Drake. Some people justify... I try to stay within my range a is what a good I try to do. Yeah. I, I want quality, you know. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate. You know, Drake has been very good to me um, quality-wise, you know. Um, I was shocked with Apex last year, though. I mean, I'm talking... The black bellies, you know, sometimes you can shoot them multiple times. Ringers, you know, I'm was single shots and and really doing damage. So I've been real happy with them and I didn't get a lot of hangups. That was, you know, you you shoot so many rounds. You just, it seems like you you, give me, we were talking about this the other day. Somebody says, okay, well, I have a Benelli, uh, supernova they say. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got one too. And you got, I you love got, it. You got a
2: bruised finger too, from that Terry Breyer comes back and kicks you in the middle finger. Everybody complains about that with the but Supernova.
3: But what I learned was, for some reason, mine hates Rio. I don't care. My buddy shoots it all day long. I, I sold him the extra case I had, and he loves it. Shoots perfectly fine. And so we were it goes, it comes back to, you know, are you shooting the same rounds that you were shooting last year? Did you pattern your gun? You know, me personally, the best thing I found to pattern a gun is Christmas paper. You take mm-hmm. Christmas paper, the white part of the Christmas paper, go to 25 yards, shoot three shells of different ra- of different companies on each you know, you've got to rest to put your gun on Each so you different know piece, yeah. Each use a different piece and see what patterns, what rounds actually pattern the best out of but your yeah, shotgun. It's like,
1: like Jimmy was saying, I, I guess not, I mean, not even all the barrels are perfect.
3: From you would hope they were, but that doesn't mean that the, that, that particular um, shell is going to shoot well in the gun. And that's why I tell people is, as good as Rio is for somebody, or as good as Kent is for somebody, or Boss is for somebody, it doesn't mean it's going to shoot good out of your gun. I'll give you another prime example. I had a gentleman. He shot nothing but hypersonic. I called him crazy. I meant, who needs to shoot around at 1,700 feet per second? And I kept telling him, I said, first of all, you're going to destroy your choke. He did. He blew the choke up in the gun, and I gave him that same example. Let's put three cardboard's up. Let's shoot the round out of your the shell and see which one patterns best. That hypersonic didn't pattern worth Uh, anything out of any of our guns.
2: Jimmy Muller, who you know, he's a uh, a aerospace engineer. (laughs) Yeah. He was explaining, and I, I get, and it makes sense. He does a much better job of this stuff. I'm going to butch, butcher it, but can, he was explaining that as you start to increase the speed, you get diminishing returns, and, and there's a lot of problems, actually, with a lot of the hypersonic ammo. He was, he, I think he was saying that you want to be less than 1,200 feet a second?
1: 1,200 or less, yeah. 1,200 or, or less,
2: because the way the, about the way that the the ammunition passes through the choke, passes through your... Uh, yeah once it restriction hits. of the of the choke he goes all this hyper it gets it out there faster, but it you' you're oh I know what it was It's because of the you start to have multi multiplicative problems with the the deformation of the ammo that you end up just scattering to the wind where if you slow it down a little bit, you're not multiplying those those airs and you end up with a tighter
3: pattern and again shot size makes a difference look at what you're shooting shot size look at what are you are you shooting an improved choke are you shooting a modified you know you and and that's why i always tell everybody you say well what's my, my my buddy shooting this and he's shooting so much better than i am okay well we're both shooting berettas okay well what choke is he shooting you know what what shell is he shooting some people don't care; they just go grab a box of shells off of the, and, and it, it may not matter to them. But also, it was funny. Somebody had made a post about, you know, I'm new to Florida hunting, and you know, what am what do I expect? And you know, the comments went all over the map. But one of the comments was basically they're going to leave their shells, but they're going to shoot. Each person is going to shoot a box and a half to two boxes of shells, three and a half. So they're all going to be at 60 yards in the air and that's fun for some people that's not how i like to hunt i like to have birds decoy it's fun to sit there and absolutely, watch absolutely yeah. and jim experienced that last year on our hunts you know it was birds were dropping right into the decoys and if you shoot your same ammo you shoot your same gun you shoot your same choke i kind of disagree with your comment especially if you practice the muscle memory.
1: Yeah. Well, I Not so you, much the may, shooting part. Yeah, you may not have to necessarily pattern it, but you need to know that when you put your shotgun to your shoulder where...
3: It needs to rise that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's one of the big things, I think.
0: The uh, if, if you want to go back and listen all about uh, the chokes,
3: the, specifically
0: Muller chokes, <clears throat> that's episode 184. Uh, and in that episode, with that episode, you can use... Um, code UPO23 and get 10% off your Muller chokes. Which Jim was super satisfied with the ones that he bought. Yeah, he said he loves his. I think you use, you're friends with Jimmy too, ain't you?
3: I am. Yeah. Yes, he's a real nice guy. We've talked on the phone quite a few times. Um, I, again, I told him post away, you know, educate people, you know. We do have a a disagreement. I I will say this, you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And, you know, Jimmy shoots a lot, a lot. So when you can shoot a duck way out there, kudos to you. But that doesn't mean you should. (laughs) Yeah. And and, 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 And Jimmy understands that comment respectfully he does and 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 we agree to disagree on some stuff and that's one thing i can say that just because you can shoot a duck at that far with his equipment because it is so good i don't agree that people should be because that's the problem now you've got a lot of ducks that are just injured because of the sky busting i don't i don't disagree with you at all
0: and you see it a lot more when it comes to big game hunting you've got guys now that Really, I guess since the, since the, the Ruger precision rifle came on to the mark, came to the market back in 2012 mm, ish, maybe, um, long distance shooting has the popularity of that has grown extensively. Right. And with that, uh, and then with the, the, Shortly thereafter, the 6-5 Creedmoor made the mainstream, which is a great long-distance paper-punching round um, and stuff like that. you got a lot of guys who... The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free, With a mission to provide top-quality products for the best possible price, Hangfree believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in a hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. You've got guys now that think it's cool to go and, you know, you're shooting elk at eight, nine hundred thousand yards. Well, just because you're shooting a three thirty eight Lapua Magnum and it's capable of killing an elk at a thousand yards doesn't mean, it, and maybe you've got all the practice in the world, and there are some guys that they can do that, right? But that's not, and that's it, not commonplace.
3: It's not ethical. I, I know. I know. I don't guys think it is. I mean, that's my opinion. We're, everybody's allowed to have one. I just, I don't think you should be shooting an animal that far. I mean. It, there's a lot of yes, stuff that so, can
1: happen between when that bullet leaves the barrel and when
0: it makes that animal. That you have I, no I, control I hate, over. Yeah. I hate the word ethical. It drives me nuts. It's like opinions. Right? Everybody, because there there, no, there there is no line in the sand of what ethics are. Because people tell you that it's not ethical to water swat a duck. Well, I'll tell you what. I've never wounded one when I water swatted it. Right, so Again, is that not the most ethical shot you in could make? Right,
1: I did something successful.
3: If you can consistently do it, okay, kudos to you. But you are few and far between. Right, that's what I'm saying. You
0: know? There is it's it's understanding your own limits and not standing sitting here and thinking just because I went and I shot a piece of paper at a thousand yards uh, two or three times means I can take or because I can hit a beer can with my shotgun at 60 yards means I could shoot a duck that far. Not the same thing. Like when it comes to like big game hunting and, and I could tell you right now, if I was to go hunt elk, my max range on an elk maximum range would be 600 yards more than confident in making that shot. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to step any further out than that. And that's simply because there's such a variable and even a much higher variable when you're shooting at a bird because they are moving they're not they don't just stand still in the middle of the air well you're and it's shooting a, at a, left and right and right up well and you're down shooting at a big game animal right and it even could be standing there feeding what you don't see when you're looking at an elk at you know 800 yards is there's a, a, a predator in the in the bushes nearby Well, you take a shot and then the predator steps out and the elk runs and now that shot you had that would have every single time you shot a piece of paper that didn't run from a coyote or whatever that came out behind that elk uh, landed dead bullseye. But because you didn't, and you've got a second and a half flight time, that that bullet that was destined for the heart is now in the small intestine. And you're not getting to that elk anytime soon. Nope. You're not getting to that deer at... at it, I'd say my max range on a whitetail deer is 250, 300 yards, depending on the scenario. But even that is pushing it you got to be head down feeding in the middle of a food plot I'm thinking about a shot like that. But I'm not going to see that. I don't see it very often here in the southeast.
3: Just don't have that distance here. No. But
0: ducks at 70 yards, 80 yards. Man, that's a long ways. I know it can
3: be done. Again, just because...
4: It's it can be done,
3: but doesn't mean it's consistently done. Right. You hear people say, yeah, I consistently shoot ducks at, at 60 yards. No, you don't. <laughs> you're not consistently. Again, those numbers are so few and far between because most guys out there aren't dead on. In my opinion, I meant especially watching. <laughs> you know, being out there, seeing what people do, you're like, why are they shooting at that? Well, they're wasting a lot of ammo. And even when they do hit one,
2: it usually doesn't pummel out of the sky. So now it's in the water. And you'll see them cruising later on back and forth and back and forth and back. Yeah, because it's
3: buried in the reeds somewhere. You go. I always tell everybody if you're in an area that's highly hunted, at a point when they quit hunting, just drive around. There's a bunch of. You didn't get your limit. Wounded Just birds. <laughs> drive around there's a bunch of wounded words because I've watched people. I mean, you think when you shoot that bird at flying at fifty yards, and it's you know you're shooting left to right, and you hit that bird, it doesn't drop straight down.
1: It may go another 60, 70
3: yards. So you are completely out of range. You can't even hit it with a number two, three and a half. You can't reach out there. And if you did reach out there and hit it, it's not consistent. So what are you doing? You're breaking your blind down. You're having to go out there and get your ducks. Or you do what a lot of the guys do and just don't go out and get them. And then they swim off. And you you see them out there just driving around looking for ducks for an hour after they get
1: Broke down, yeah.
3: Shooting, you know, broke down. Because why? The ducks swam off. And we've, I mean, again, we've all had it happen. It's not like, you know, it hasn't happened to me. Jim and I were hunting last year and we searched for a duck. We knew was right out there, 25 yards somewhere. Well, we found, we, yeah, but if I'm not mistaken, that's the duck that turns out wasn't
2: dead. And he was trying, he was trying to group up with other ducks. And the only way we got him is because he was the
3: only one that couldn't fly off. Yep.
2: <laughs> they yeah. all finally were like, we, we're yeah. out of here. And he, he was he, like, help.
3: He was hanging out yep! with the coot. And the coot hauled butt kind of left him there by his own. Like, hey, hey, where are you going? <laughs> oh, waymo. <laughs> me,
0: and, uh, me and and AJ were hunting in a spot in Georgia one time. This is when we first discovered the spot uh, that we've duck hunted now several times. Even drove back up to Georgia to duck hunt there. And uh, we were sitting in my john boat, and we were shooting ducks. And <clears throat> never occurred to us that, hey, man, the water's high, and there's a wicked current coming across this lake. Until he dropped a duck and she landed in that current. We're thinking like, yeah, we'll, you know, shoot two or three. When it dies down, we'll go motor out there, pick our ducks up, come back to where we're, you know, because we didn't have a blind. Mm -hmm. We just pulled the boat up underneath because the water was so high. We were literally underneath a tree branch, just cut holes in the tree branch so we could shoot from inside this perfect blind spot. And uh, she hit the current. There she goes. I said, shit. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Get the boat out there. Man, that was that's still a great spot. That's one of those spots, man, when I say you'll see over a hundred wood ducks in a matter of twenty minutes and then it's done. A good you
2: only
3: get three of them anyway. I think that's like most of Georgia though. When I talk to guys up there, I'm like, All they kill is wood ducks. I'm like, do you drive? so here let me throw this out this actually actually hit the site today so a bunch of people are unhappy again about the stas perennial that's the gift that keeps on giving if you're so i mean what's what what's your feedback anybody know anything what's going on what's with the
0: stas i don't know anything about it
3: so first of all one of the things i've always said is you know the stas were not they were there for duck hunting. For duck hunting, right? Yeah, it's there, a, it's st- a stormwater storm- treatment area. Okay, so duck hunting is kind of a gift to us that we get it there, right? Well, how the permits are issued, you know, where the parking's at, how you get to where it's at. Do you park in front of your cell? I mean, you hear it all the time. So one of the guys made a post about is, actually Alex made the post, should they go to the points system? Nope. I always, and, 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 and some people say, you know, they should go back to the old standby system, you know, first come, first serve kind of thing. So I chimed in on it. And, and and this is, again, I'm allowed to have my personal opinions and just like everybody else is, that doesn't mean that that's the way it has to be just because, you know, I started Florida Duck Hunters. I I, I'm, I let people have their own views of what they think about this, but. What gets me is, is, people think that if if that's your only place to hunt, I'm sorry, because I'm fortunate that that's not what we have up here. You you can hunt. I mean, I know you know it's everybody. It's not complains. your only place
2: down there either. It's just the one everybody knows about. Well, it's that's like it's it's there's places here. Kill,
3: it's where you can kill the most species at yeah. without doing any work, basically. You know, and somebody says. You know, so if you live local, I mean, you think about it. If if we want to go hunt the STAs, do you know how far a drive it is? It's like four hours. Mm-hmm. Almost
1: easy.
3: solid three and a half hours to get there. Yeah. So
0: we were down by the STAs when we were shooting iguana. Hey, I don't know if you, if you ever get Jim down to South Florida, he'll tell you at least four times in a day that he hates South Florida.
3: Just because our but, listener yeah. base. <laughs> 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 they probably I just, hate South Florida. I'm down there all the time. Guess what? I'm not a big fan of it either. It's the the traffic.
4: So much humanity. I can't
0: tell you how many many times Jim had said, and it wasn't just, I hate South Florida. If it wasn't for the traffic, South Florida wouldn't be that bad, but I hate South Florida. That, and
2: it's also the sixth borough of New York.
3: (laughs) So, uh, you know, this has just been, it, it seems like nobody can be happy how they're doing the drawing and, and all that, and I, to be honest with you, I know very, very little about what goes on down there because I don't hunt it. I don't. I don't apply. I don't put in for the permits. Everybody always says it's Christmas. You know, I'm going to steal Ray Martin's uh, famous line: is Christmas in November or Christmas in January or whenever it is when you get your permits drawn for whether it's turkey or deer or duck. Yesterday.
0: Yeah, I don't go to the Tuesday. STAs. I Tuesday.
3: don't put in for them. I don't put in for Merritt Island either. It was Tuesday
0: this week that they, they drew for early season. And then, you know, later season will come around. But <laughs> my thing is, is I can't stand the complaining of, well, I didn't get any permits. It's the same people that complain about not getting permits to hunt ducks, white deer, whatever else, that also complain when they didn't get a, a gator. Haven't, I haven't gotten gator tags in 20 years. I put in for this lake that only issues two. Well, no kidding, bud.
3: And that's yeah, why I, mean, I asked: Is that your only place to hunt? Right.
2: Well, you know, this all kind of boils down to, if you can, some of the larger philosophies, the democracy of hunting. That it, and and I I do understand the complaint a little bit that not everybody can get a guide, right? Not everybody's going up and hunting Missouri, right? So or Arkansas, and that's fine. And but you can even delve that down to that, you know. Different circumstances really limit the number of times a guy can go out. So he really wants that STA because if you go out in the STA, you're probably going to shoot some ducks. And, you know, I still kind of keep coming back to we all got to pay a price somewhere, right? Some folks have – and and you can't focus on the fact that another guy either has more time, has more money because maybe he's 60. Right. And you're 23. It's it's just different. Someday you'll be 60 as well and you'll have more time. But you just it doesn't do any good to complain because no matter if they change the system, then it'll just screw somebody else. There's no, there's no way to make everybody happy. I love your idea about the idea of just go back to first come first serve. But even that tends to favor the people that have more time to be able to get out and sit. Well, somebody says,
3: I spend a lot of time, not to cut you off, but someone says, I spend a lot of time scouting. Okay, to be honest, I can't. I live three and a half hours away. How am I going to scout an area that I'm going to hunt one time? And that's why I tell people you know, don't put in for the permit and then get drawn on the permit and then come on and say, hey, can you, can, can anybody give me any pointers about, you know, I'm at Merritt Island just got blown up, you know, because of the permits that were issued. Somebody's complaining about, you know, spot naming or whatever. Okay, or we're already on the spot naming and we no one's even hunted yet. So that's the problem I have with first come, first serve. Whatever they come up with down there, Here's what I tell everybody ultimately. If you're not showing up to the meetings to put your input in, then send an email. Because other than that, it's a broken record. You come on Facebook, you complain about the spraying, you complain about the permits, then do something about it. Get your friends, get them to send an email, tell them what you want. Enough people tell them what they want. They will make changes.
2: Look, there's, so, a, there's a, we talked about it a little bit last week. I'm sorry to step on You know, will. Um, oh my goodness. Our guest last week's name.
0: Ryan. Ryan, Ryan,
2: Ryan phrased it this way. He's like, don't tell me about how tough it is for you to hunt. And then tell me about how great your golf game is. right? Yeah, that exactly. kind of comes down yeah. to, we all got we all got to make choices. Pick one right? sport so and like, be good at it. If you want to be a duck hunter, because I, I do not really like to call, I'm still a, just, I, I chase it all, right? So I'm not a dedicated duck hunter. I'm not going to be anywhere near as good as Joey Lyon right
3: i'm just lucky sometimes well
2: but the guy there are guys out there that are just i mean they'll they'll, they've already forgotten more about duck hunting than i'll ever learn and i accept that i don't expect to have the same successes that they're going to have but i don't think anybody questions the fact that my freezer is always going to be full of something i'm really fascinated by duck hunting now because it's it's been such a hole in my repertoire for so long i want to get better at it but that's the whole point to get better at it if you want to get better at duck hunting, you have to decide you're going to get better at duck hunting. And the biggest component of that is it's going to require time. And And whenever you dedicate time, you can, you're still in 24 hours in the day, you're going to have to give up something else. Either you're going to have to give up the golf game. You're going to have to give up the deer hunting. You're going to have to maybe put more time and work to just buy all the gear. My God, the decoys alone put a man into bankruptcy, right? I mean, so, but the, you, you can complain about it. Or you can just say that it's it's important to me, and if it's not important to you, that's okay. Like that, that, that they're not. There's not a special place in hell for people that don't hunt ducks. But if you're not going to put in the time and everything else, and you're not going to go through the expense and the the eating the bad food at the gas stations and the lack of sleep and all these other things, it's just you don't have to like it. But unfortunately, you're complaining about something that. You may as well be pissing in the wind. It's just the way it is.
0: All right. I like the idea of having walk-up availability. The spot we hunted in Georgia, you draw a permit, and there is a preference point system for that. But they tell you, at this time, you need to be here, because if we call your name, you out. you ain't here, you out. And then if you don't have the permit, you can roll up in there and go, my name's John Smith. And they put your name in a bucket. And at the end, of everybody comes out and they go, we got seven open spots. And they stick their hand in and they go, John Smith, you're hunting in impoundment 19.
3: I like that. I always have liked that standby where if you wanted to just show up. But again, that can cater to the local that can show up there all the time. But if that's your only areas to hunt... Then I understand that because people say, "Well, I don't have a boat." Hey, you, you know what? What's wrong on, with on, the
0: local benefiting no, but, in his yeah, backyard? You, you say that right? But hey, man, listen. We had a guy drive in from Kentucky with no permit. Got to walk in. Got to walk in and took two guys out of the parking lot because he still gets his two guests. Mm-hmm. Yep. Took two guys out of the parking lot with him to that his impoundment.
3: And and that's you know it's kind of you were sitting here talking about the deer hunting and all that kind of stuff and and the joke is with me. Jim will call me up last year, and he's like, "Hey man, I'm, I'm going to go to Georgia and go deer hunting. Have fun."
2: Yeah, <laughs> because he's got gator hunting. Got, he's got duck you know, hunting. But, he's got fishing. He's got clients. I'm like,
3: but then
0: you come, you come into this thing when, when 2020 and COVID and all that bull crap came around. You had the state of Tennessee that would do in-person blind drawings, and you had towns that counted on the fact that people were going to be there in person, had whole festivals playing around that crap, and they went online and then refused to go back. So now you're hurting a local economy.
3: Yeah, and that does help that person. But to give you that example, I don't, I'm not a, I mean, I enjoy deer hunting. I'll do it. But if somebody says to me, do you want to go deer hunting or do you want to go shoot six ducks? Yes. Yes.
1: You're going to go shoot six
3: ducks. I'm going to go shoot six ducks. I, I meant shoot your buck, have fun, shoot your doe, have fun. I'm going to go shoot six ducks. Yeah. But I also was never, I've always duck hunted. I didn't do a lot of deer hunting.
1: Yeah. So I had a conversation with a, a buddy the other day, and uh, he was like, we we got a hunt coming up this weekend. We're going to do some deer hunting with a couple of the listeners. Uh, that we've got together and kind of scheduled out. And one of them couldn't go because he had scheduled some other stuff. And uh, I was like, I'm going. he was like, you just wait till next year when when your kid's born. Or it's like, you're lucky your old lady's letting you go. I'm like, but listen, that's the thing. It's like, you go do, like Ryan said, I told him, and my old lady agreed with me too. Like, you go do your uh, fantasy football and you go watch football games. And you go watch your UFC fights and stuff. I don't do that crap. Man, I'm I'm either at home and she knows that deer season or hunting season in general. Because I'll take weekends when I don't deer hunt and I'll go shoot ducks. Or if I shoot my what I need for my family early on, I'm not going to deer hunt for the rest of the season. I'll go shoot ducks, shoot squirrels. But hunting is my thing. and It is my only thing i don't care about football i don't care about foosball i don't care you know so when that time of year comes she she knows that it's my time of year because that's that's what i've chose to be good
2: at you know i watch will right now is paying a lot of dues because i and i i'm giving you a compliment because yeah again i'm the older one and i'm sure you guys look around like he goes everywhere and, and, and what, there's a lot of things going to, go into, but one of the things that go into there is Michelle, thank God, doesn't, I mean, almost never puts a restriction on me. And if she, because, and she knows how dear it is to me. Um, if she's got something, she knows is going to interfere with that. She usually comes to me well in advance and says, hey, this is important to me. Can, and I'm always like, yeah, of course, because I get so much freedom. But the the reason I have all that freedom at 52 is for years, Every weekend was about the kids. Like I did the Scoutmaster thing, the Cubmaster. I mean, I I didn't hunt. I hardly fished. All the time, the money, whatever, really went into the kids. And you do that, and you pay those dues. You're really building up. you're, You're building up credits for the future. I mean, just be reliable. Do what needs to be done. Keep your priorities straight. Because you know, if you get hit by a bus and you're dead but you've been a great dad. Like you're not, you're not going to, if you're diagnosed with cancer or whatever, you're not going to think about the duck hunts you missed. You're going to wish you had more time with your kids. So spend the time there. And that's the beautiful thing, man. Do the work that needs to be done. Take care of your job, take care of your money, take care of your kids because they're, you know, hopefully the money and the job and that all works out. But the one thing I can tell you is your kids are going to leave. And if they don't leave, then yeah. you didn't do a good job with the kids. So pay the dues <laughs> with the kids yeah. pay the dues the kids hunt when you can but i would you know and if if your spouse is like i just need the help i know it hurts and things like that but you just you, don't put hunt in front of it it's dumb take and then when your kids are old enough take them but it sounds it may seem like a long time but that time between say zero and six and even then they're still pretty young to go and sit still you are seeing that right now will right you know i can't wait to go hunting. And out in the stand for like five minutes like okay, let's go get some biscuits.
0: Nah, well, yeah, it was yeah, that way. Say, when Rylan now, at seven years old, is eight up with it. That the, bull, the big difference between five there. and
2: four and oh, five yeah, and seven. Yeah. When he yeah, was five.
0: videos of him in the woods at two walking around. Yeah, I, I mean, I you, mean, just, had you him. just introduced I him I was early. fortunate enough to have a place, at least it was very close, 15 minutes from my house, so I had him out at a very young age. But <clears throat> when he really started hunting with me a lot, you're right, you were lucky to get... 45 minutes right yeah i was
2: exaggerated five but but because you you didn't force it then you're as your kids get older you'll be able to hunt more just because that will become the time right. right or maybe not maybe they really get into baseball maybe your daughter gets into something else and all of a sudden you're gonna have to make those decisions like either the kids or hunting the kid, and, and in, the, in the short time it's really easy to say oh, i'll do it next week oh, i'll do it next week you, there's gonna be time for hunting and fishing, and now my kids are. My, we're doing this podcast. My son, my younger son, called, right? And usually he, call, he does He just when I get that call, I usually stop whatever I'm doing. I, they don't come in enough, right? So um, I can't, I'm not going to get any more weekends with them. Right? The older he gets, the fewer I'm going to get.
0: Take your time with your kids. See, I've helped out with uh, baseball. So yeah. much, so often over the past couple years, that and Rowland's had the same coach for the past couple spring, fall seasons. This year, uh, when he did, uh, like made the practice schedule, all practices are on Tuesday and Wednesday. We don't do practices on Thursday anymore because we do podcasts on Thursdays, and nice. he knows if he does it on Thursday, I'm not going to be there, right?
2: But you again, that's yeah. just a symbol of paying your dues and being reliable. Yeah, I got and the coach trained.
0: It, that's,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's where I get my weekend passes right now because I get home before she does. So, like, I come home, and before she gets home, I get some dishes washed, and I do some laundry, and then she gets home, and she can sit down on the couch. And then when the weekend comes around, I'm like, baby, I'm going to go hunting this weekend. She's like, you did a bunch of stuff throughout the week. I appreciate it. you can go hunting. <laughs>
2: like, you know but the, the day they, You were over at my house. Right? I didn't
1: learn that off the bat, though.
2: The other day over at my house and uh, I asked you about dove hunt, and you know, she I said, "Hey, can he get a yard pass to get dove hunt?" And 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 as soon as she was like, ah, "He's been gone a lot," I was like, "Yep, I was I wasn't gonna put her in that position, right?" Because when when she says that, that was her polite way of saying, "No, he can't have a yard pass. I want him home."
0: Yeah, she right? told so me
2: why why beat her up about it because eventually she'd acquiesce, you know, and she might acquiesce to me. But then you're going to be the one to catch yeah. shit for.
1: She told me when she left, she's like, you can go if you want. I'm just going to really miss you. And I was like.
2: Yeah.
1: I'll just stay at the house. I'll stay home, yeah.
2: yeah. Good thing because we didn't. Was
1: I went scouting that day. That's I took Jake and uh, Matt Lawrence out and scouted a little bit in, uh a local. WMA. So we found them a good spot. So hopefully this weekend, that's who I'll be hunting with this weekend, Jake yeah. and Matt Lawrence. So Dude, that's,
2: that's still different from being gone Friday through Sunday.
0: Yeah. But he is Friday through Sunday because he's camping out there. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, for the dove hunt, it was weekend. leave Friday, hunt Saturday, come home
2: Sunday for a dove hunt. That's a big ask for, for a yeah. young man uh, and yeah. family. Yeah.
1: And, and I'm not
0: camping far from the house this weekend. So if she needs me. Oh, yeah. yeah. If shit hits the fan, you can run right back to the house. Yeah. But. <clears throat> I don't know, man. It, that, when, I, when I first got married, hell, we were married for five years before we had kids. And I hunted. When hunting season came around, if I wasn't working on the weekend, I was in the woods. And I remember one time, Amanda says, uh, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, I figured I was going to, you know, just hang out at the house with you. She said, why? I said, okay, well, I guess I'll go to the woods then. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, hey,
2: you're, you're still a couple more years from the don't you have something? Don't you have some place to go hunting? <laughs> you get and like, Well, don't you have some place to go? <laughs> I figure <laughs> yes, right now
0: I do. I'm about three or four years out from that because then Carson will be old enough. She'll she'll. I'm trying to get her to go at least for her first time this year. She's she's excited. Rylan is uh, very upset. Uh, he said to me when I told him that I was going to take a sister hunting this year. She's not going to be quiet. She's going to scare away all the deer. And I said, and you think you are? Well, yeah. But now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he's, he's hyper-focused on trying to kill actually kill a deer this year, uh, which has got him super excited. And I'm super excited for him. Um, he's uh, he's a dad. If I kill a deer uh, that, that we can, that we, we mount it. Um, can I put it up in my room? I was like, yeah, fine with me. What are we going to do with the deer that's in my room? I said, we'll put it where everybody can see about looking at your messy room. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I. I told William today, I I was fortunate enough this year, and it probably means next year I won't get it squat, but to pull some really good archery permits. And I was like, if I'm able to knock two out in archery season, I probably won't care. Other than our, our group hunt that we got going, I probably won't care to hunt in Florida. Again, I, it, with the yeah.
0: listeners. What? The group hunt. There's a bunch of guys that listen to the podcast yeah. and us. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you interact enough. You get to go on me. We we include you in these things, um, but I mean, and that's thing where we go up there. I'll I'll sit in the stand with
0: Carson or, right? You know, just just you know. But I've also found with the little kids, I got a lot more time out of island when I just instead of waking him up at five o'clock in the morning to go to the deer stand. You nudge him at five o'clock. If he's excited and ready to go, then we get him to go to the deer stand. If he's tired and wants to sleep, make a cup of coffee, sit down, wait till he's ready to get up out of bed, let him wake up on his own, ready to go to the deer stand, put clothes on him, and you walk out there. Might be a little bit after sunrise. But I've done that a couple times now and still killed deer. Walked out there at seven thirty, killed deer after that. But when I let him sleep and he's not tired and grumpy and all this other stuff, we go sit down and he's more apt to sit in the deer stand for a couple hours instead of being tired and only want to sit for forty-five minutes.
1: I'm still working the of same way with the duck blind
0: too. At least the duck blind, the kids
1: can.
3: I was going to say that's the good thing about duck hunting; they don't have to be quiet. You only got to get them to sit still when the ducks are coming in. <laughs> I did the mean, same thing in the deer stand. And, and if the you duck got them, line. if you got them covered up enough, they can kind of. Yeah, Either we've we've
1: taken Rylan duck hunting quite a few times, and you you blind up good enough, he can just kind of
0: wander around in the bottom of the boat, mm-hmm. I mean, cock right I, out. I did the same thing in the deer blind to do in the in the, uh, in the in the deer stand doing duck blind. Give the kid a red rider if he's bored. Shoot some pine cones, shoot decoys, whatever you want to do. I don't care. You're not making so much noise that it's it's going to absolutely ruin the hunt. I'm not giving you a 22 and telling you to go plink. You want to shoot pine cones? Go ahead, buddy. I'll help you cock it. We're in the deer stand. You're not going to kill deer
1: on the couch. It's one thing that's going to get him to want to enjoy the sport more further down the road.
2: Right. That's I wish I'd realized that. Because like, you think about kids and they they understand on some level that that BB gun isn't going to kill it. You know, it's not going to kill a deer at 100 yards. But it doesn't matter. They, they They inherently understand the ages and stages thing. If I had realized then what I know now, Every time I took my kids to the deer stand, I'd have had a BB gun with me, so that, like I said, they could sit there. and, Dad, Dad, can I do? Yeah, go ahead. Because yeah, it's not really gonna mess up the woods. And and then you know, even if a deer comes out, let them shoot it.
0: Yeah, if you're not gonna shoot it, let them have at it, man. Yeah. If the
2: deer's close <laughs> enough that they could scare that deer away with a bb then hallelujah man i'll get another one later <laughs> exactly, right? or I'll, shoot exactly. It as, I'll, I'll shoot it when it turns around and runs and says what the hell was that but you know what they'll yeah. tell right?
0: that story about how they shot a deer with a red rider for the rest of their life i still remember the time i shot a, a rabbit with my red rider out of the back of my dad's pickup truck we we're riding and i shot it i mean i watched the bb just poof, dead in the shoulder my dad said wow he hit that and then shot it with a 22 <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> And then they as you get old them. enough, you get them a little bit more deadly weapons for the rabbits and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it could be the same with duck hunting, man. You know, coots. I, I mean, coots will sometimes swarm into your spread. Let them sit there and try and plunk a couple of coots with a red rider or something.
0: Holy cow, though. No, we're out there shooting moorhens with Brown. I talked about this earlier. That moorhen oh. dove under and swam 40, yes. 50 yards.
2: Yeah. Sid Curtis. I've heard told people that more hens dive, like more hens would dive. I'm like, they dive. And Sid Curtis and I plunked one. And it was like right there. And we're going to get another one. Back and it has gone. I'm like, that sucker dove. And we went over there, We pulled the boat over right to where it was and started digging. And sure enough, it's under the water hole. And then it came up. Like we saw it come up. We saw it emerge from underneath the water. And then CS was like, ha and it dove again. And you know, Sid Curtis, little animal. I thought he was going in the water after it. He, <laughs> I mean, I almost had to grab his belt buckle, right, because he he about come out of the boat going after that bird, and he grabbed that bird from probably two feet under the water. That bird was going. And so if anybody tells you more hens don't dive, they dive.
1: There was more than one we, like, snuck up on. We're like, oh, yeah, he's right there. We're sneaking up on it. Get up there, and we're like, where did it go? This sucker disappeared. Yeah. But Rylan was, boy, he was excited to get out there all day. Shoot more hands, more. Hens. Can we shoot more hens here? He sees lily pads. Are there more hens here?
2: Oh, I got a new more hen It's the simplest thing. It's it's just schnitzel. We, I had a hell of a more over. You have to
1: put it on the on the uh, website.
2: Oh, I might have to put it on a website. It's so easy. You just take no a,
1: on our website.
2: <sighs> fine, but for those that are listening, you don't really need a whole lot of. It, it ain't much to it. Just take your moorhen breast, which is already pretty small. You don't need to marinate it, no nothing. Wax paper, give it a couple of wax with a meat mallet to make that thing thin and break it down a little bit. Flour, egg wash, breadcrumbs, season them up a little bit. Pan fry them. Just like one minute on one side to get it brown, flip it over. One minute on the other side. Oh, So tender. Basically about a silver dollar size moorhen nugget. We... Him, and my buddy, Roman Hammis, sponsor of the show, Roman Hammis, we probably put down 50 more hen breasts <laughs> in a couple meals. Couldn't couldn't get enough of them. They were so good. Easy to make. I mean, really tasty because you get the crunch from them.
1: It's one of those animals that people sleep it. on, man. Oh,
3: good thing they set the limit of 15 now. Joey's
1: over here shaking his head.
3: I'm just dumbfounded by how many people just laugh at coot and and Moorhen and, oh, and coots. I'm like Schnitzel I yeah. got a
1: Jim uh, Bout got into a knockout four- drag out with a guy last year about it.
3: <laughs> I got a 14 year old wired hair dachshund, <laughs> and we have now went to feeding that dog duck. Does it have enough teeth? No, it doesn't. That's the <laughs> reason. <Yeah. laughs> It, uh, it it had some issues and had to have its teeth removed. And my wife says, what are we going to do with all this duck we got in the... And I said, well, not all of it's duck. I mean, I've got more hen left over from last year. I've got coot left over. And she's like, well, can we use it for the dog? And I'm like, well, you can use it all but my duck. Yeah. <laughs> I said, because I want to eat that. But no, I mean, it's... Um, almost a year now the dog's been on it so you know we've been from what I had last year we started using up and and then through this year I've been using up and actually just went through the freezer clean it out and that's then.
1: not a bad idea to just go through old
3: it, it's actually you can reduce your your food by about 50 percent that you feed your dogs if you you know if you think about it you got an old uh you know hindquarter you know, yeah. that's, that's, you just go ahead and, and, and put it in a slow cooker for the yeah, day. I should have done that. I, instead I just, of throwing the stuff out when, you know, maybe it's got some freezer, freezer burn. They don't know the, the difference. They don't, they really don't. And, and he, a lot of times you can shave off that top part of that freezer burn when you go to boil it or something. Cause that part doesn't cook up right. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll do mixed vegetables and you know, you, you, you.
0: I want to make, when I'm to make that jerky I made. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I pulled some backstrap out first. It's been sitting in there for a while. And when I pulled it out of the freezer and let it thaw, I cut the bag open. That, it smelled rancid. Like, I opened the bag and I said, this is not good meat. And I don't know why. Because I pulled a ham off the same uh, deer. And that's what I ended up separating and cutting up and making jerky out of. And it was fine.
3: Might have had a little funk on there that just... I've had that happen where I've opened up meat, you know, after you've cleaned it and everything. And, I mean, it's, it's and fairly old. And out of one part, and, but you go to the next, and it's just like, it just that smell. You're like, nah, pass it.
0: it. Was, it was, no, I mean, this was bad. Yeah. Like, I smelled that. That's my wife. I said, does this smell right to you? She said, no, that's bad. I said, so. Uh, mm. But, and, it, and like I said, it, it was fairly old. Uh, it, that was the dough we, I shot in the head with a 22 Magnum. Yeah. Uh, but, I
2: I'll say one last thing on the, on the coots and moorhens things. Um, so I took some coot and dewey to uh, St. Joe and my friends. And this is Sarah Gonder and my wife. And, and they are definitely picky eaters. And had coot and dewey with just some decent cheese and some crackers. And they smashed it. They couldn't get enough of it. Right? Um, part of it's the recipe and you got to learn how to cook and smoke it. Um, I whipped out the venison and dewey the next night. I make it, it didn't smoke as long cause, but so it wasn't quite as dense. Uh, they didn't like the venison as much as they liked the He's Like you got anywhere that coot? I was like, I'm oh, sorry. Man. <laughs> so, and I make that coot and dewey uh, out of hindquarters. It's all, it's all leg meat. So, you know, guys are like, oh, coots are miserable. I'll like, you know, never see somebody say that. I'm like, you're just not eating them because they're, they're fantastic. They're just a black bird. But, Nobody likes crows. Nobody likes coots. Nobody likes moorhens. Whenever I've mixed them up with duck, nobody can tell the difference. I can say, hey, you're eating teal.
3: Oh, it's delicious. Oh, you're eating coot. Oh, it's nasty. Actually, One of the, um, you can mention this the next time you talk to him, I thought, uh, Chad Crawford yeah. had one of his shows, believe it or not, and he went to Louisiana. And I remember watching this and I said, this is going to be really good. They They got coot and they served it. In a fine restaurant for people and seeing if they would like it. And I've always said this. It's not the food. It's how you cook the food. Sure. 100%. It, you know, people say, oh, well, that tasted like this and that. Well, then soak it a little bit more. A lot of people, when they say don't like the taste of coot, like it might be muddy or it, it's something they don't like. I always tell them when I said. Well, what did you soak it in? Well, what do you mean? Well, did you brine it in anything? I mean, I personally, a lot of people don't. Ringer is another bad one because they don't like the liver taste in a ringer. Buttermilk, Sprite. Yeah, no uh, Sprite. I'll believe it or not, does really good on some of those gamey meat that you don't like in the duck part. That you know.
1: What do you think it is in the Sprite that?
3: The, I think it's the acidity the or, the or the, uh, yeah. that and the sweetness. I yeah. really think the sweetness gets into it and, sure. and helps it out. But you're right. Buttermilk will do, I mean, people say, well, how do you cook frog legs? Buttermilk, soak it in buttermilk. What about gator meat? Buttermilk. <laughs> what do you do about iguana? Buttermilk. Hey, we it's didn't soak that buttermilk in buttermilk on it, any of yeah. those
1: things. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> really? soak that iguana and no, nothing, man. We
2: just. chicken wings.
3: Well, it depends on how you want to cook it. I mean, again, like I'll barbecue them, but I'll also take and deep fry them. And if I'm going to cut them up and deep fry them like I do with my gator meat, then I'll I'll season up and I like to soak mine for, you know, a good 48 hours in the buttermilk before I go cooking my gator meat. So I took all
1: the iguana that I took home. I made several different brines, brined it in it for a while and then took it out of the brine, dried it off, and then put it in a freezer bag. So it's already got, it's sitting in that, still has the brine in it in the freezer. So we'll see how that turns out. I gave a couple packs to uh, Sydney Curtis. Let me see
3: if he's ate it yet. I got about 60 in my freezer. <laughs> I believe it. Gator bait. Well, gentlemen, yeah. you got any closing thoughts? Shoot them in the lips. Yeah.
2: Put in the, the time. next podcast. I'm going to talk about how I got my ducks. Huh.
0: Good luck. I hope you guys had a great opening weekend. By the time you listen to this, it's it's already gone. Yeah. Early season's over. Opening weekend. Bow's opener. Uh, yeah. Bow opener's over. And I uh, hope you guys put some deer on the ground, some meat in the freezer. I'll say it's hunting season, boys. It is.
1: Get it's it. the greatest time of the year. Yeah. Screw Christmas. Get after it. That's yeah. all I got to say. If you ain't getting after it, like pick one sport and be
3: good at it. It's like, I smell the powder in the air. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Learn to cook.
0: Well, Joey, thank you for joining us, man. It was was fun. fun. Thanks Thanks for having having me. We'll catch you guys next week. Adios.